have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I told you I was going to give you a report from the Fellowship Track League, and here it is. There were 1,612,364 tracks printed and shipped in the month of January. There was 32 salvation decisions received from around the world. By the way, I can add to that, we get over 1,000 letters every year of people being saved from reading a gospel tract from all over the world, 90 different languages. Uh, in the next week or so, we'll be shipping a truckload of tracts to Mexico, uh, 8,640,000 tracts, plus John and Romans and Bibles. We team up with the Bearing Precious Seed Ministry in Milford, Ohio, about 45 minutes away. They work with us. We work with them. And that's what I'll be with God's people. Amen? Amen. So uh, a container going to the Philippines is scheduled for this spring that will hold 10.5 million tracts. And we have to date shipped over 50 million tracts to the Philippines. We have a mail center there that ships tracts locally in the Philippines. And mail center is a local church. Or uh, I should say that's a local church that sends out gospel tracts for us. We have 13 in America and we have about four overseas. And so uh, those mail centers have helped us with postage. Over $100,000 in America with postage. That's our big expense, postage and paper. So uh, we have uh, a few thousand tracks that we'll leave here. But if you want to help yourself to some today, you're welcome to do that. So everything on our table is free except the CDs. But Mary's got a blue light special on them. They used to be 15, and she's selling them out at 10, and we're getting low. But if you want one that we're sold out of, well, she'll mail it to you. Anyway, how many Bibles in church this morning? That's a report from the Fellowship Track League, and now I get to preach. And you know, uh, I'm thankful, I'm thankful when the Lord called me that uh, my complaint back then was, Lord, I can't stand, I can't stand and talk for 30 minutes. Now it's hard to get done in 30 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, Colossians, no, not Colossians, you were in Colossians. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, and uh, I was looking at my notes before I prepared this message, and I noticed that I preached from that scripture 31 years ago next month. Now, you preachers remember what you preached 31 years ago? You weren't even preaching 31 years ago, was you? Oh, you was. 31 years ago at the Christian Reformed Church in New Holland, South Dakota, I preached my mother's funeral. And I use this scripture right here, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 13 and verse number 1. By the power of the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, he said, This is the third time I'm coming to you in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Shall every word be established? Now I want you to jump to verse number 5. And then I'm sure some of those folks in that established church, looking down their pharisaical noses, say, who's that Paul think he is? Because that's the third time he was there. He preached the same thing the first time. He preached the same thing the second time. And now he's at the third time, the same thing. So look at verse number five. It says, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Can you imagine some of those folks? Well, who does he think he is? Wow, we painted the church, and we built this, and we've done that. But he's saying, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. 
Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Now, we could preach a little while right there, but uh, there could be some reprobates in church this morning. But if there is, they won't get saved. They can't. They've passed. And that'd be another message another time. Of reprobates, God has turned them over. They never will be saved. They can't be saved. Another message. But those of you that profess to be saved and you're not there, you can be saved this morning. And that's what Paul addresses that church there. That there's still some of you that look like a Christian. You act like a Christian. How come he gets water and I didn't get any? I bet you I get some, though. So uh, they, they look like a Christian. They act like a Christian. They talk like a Christian. But they're not a Christian. So immediately when uh, your pastor texts me, says, you're preaching Sunday morning, this, this message come to mind. Why? Because the majority of the people that have been saved in our meetings in the last 40 years have been on Sunday morning, and they have been church members. Did you hear all the amens? No, there's no way that we can look at the outside of you and say, wow, they're an upstanding member. They couldn't be lost. Well, when I've seen this scripture, thank you, brother. You're a gentleman and a scholar. When I've seen this scripture, I thought, you know, that's the thing that's needed. And when Fannie Mae got saved in our church, I said, Lord, this can't be. Fannie Mae is a preacher's daughter. She used to testify of how her daddy led her to the Lord when she was 18. Her daddy led her to the Lord, and her daddy baptized her and was raised in church. But Fannie Mae was sitting right in the front seat that Sunday. And her eyes were just filled with tears. And both of us preachers, my, my associate then is my pastor now. He was my associate for six years. Now he's been my pastor for six years, and we still love each other. Both of us came to her rescue, you know. She, she's a preacher's daughter, and she's doubting whether she's saved. No, I'm not doubting. I know I had never been saved. Anyway, there's no way we could talk her out of it. But we tried. We, we tried to tell her, you know, uh, we can get backslidden. We can get backslidden so far that we don't even think we're saved. Say amen there. I've been there. So that's the, that's the normal thing. We try to help her. No, she says, you don't know how many times I've prayed. Lord, save me if I'm lost. Raised in a Christian home. Anyway, after a while, we prayed with Fanny, and Fanny got saved. By the way, Fanny was 80 years old. You say, 80 years old, how can that be? The devil, he roams about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And if he can get you to think you've got the real goods, don't you think he's going to do that? Anyway, when Fanny got saved, I said, Lord, what's going on? And the, and the phrase popped into my head, performance of the flesh. Then I thought about, I thought about the disciple, Judas. He even seen Jesus' miracles. 
But Jesus told him he's to go to his own place. And he denied the Lord and died and went to hell. And he's seen the miracles. He performed in the flesh. And so the Lord gave me two more things after that. And that's, that's all I've got this morning, just a short message. And the first point is the performance of the flesh. Now, there's no way that this preacher, this preacher, that preacher, who, who else is a preacher in, in church, can know by looking at someone, even talking the talk. Don't you suppose that that disciple talked the talk? Because none of the disciples even suspected him. It's good to be in church, amen. I always tell people, some of you may be thirsty right now, but you'll have to wait till afterwards. So we see in that scripture, examine yourselves. And we read this morning for all of us, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. That was the message I preached at my mother's funeral. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Are you in the faith? And then, but I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though ye be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and and ye are strong, and this also we wish, even your perfection. Those of us that are saved, God wants you to go on to perfection. He wants you to grow in the Lord, be strong. And some of us, we went through the motions. And we went through the motions. And we stayed right where we went through the motions. And uh, people were hoping that you would grow in the Lord. I had a preacher tell me not long ago, he said, I, don't, I just don't understand. He says, I've led so many people to the Lord, and they just seem to stay right there. I said, well, the Bible is quite plain there. But there are some that grow in the Lord. There's some people that grow in the Lord, get excited about the things of God, and there's some that just kind of stay right there. Well, This is the lost side, okay, just that, just for this morning. And here's the line. This is the saved side. Aren't you glad you're on this side? <laughs> now, once you get saved, we ought to grow in the Lord. Second Peter 3, uh, 3.18, but grow in grace. That's why you ought to be in church, grow in the Lord, get in on the blessings of God. But if you stay right here, you miss the blessings of God, and God's not going to use you. You won't even get excited about passing the gospel track or living for the Lord because you're still right here. God wants you to grow in the Lord. Well, where are you at this morning if you're saved? Are you right where God wants you to be? There's the rapture over there. We won't go over there yet. But are you where God wants you to be? You see, now I want to talk a minute about those people that are here. There's no way of knowing whether you saved or whether you went through the motions. Because you're still right here. Now, the ones that never grew in the Lord, they're saved. Their name's written in heaven. Can you say amen there? They've been born again. But they're still just kind of lackadaisical. 
Say amen on me right there. We know them, don't we? And it's sad that so many are missing out on the good things that God wants them to have. So, this morning, every one of us here, not just a few, but every one of us here, because that's what's in the Scripture, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Now, Fannie Mae did that, and throughout most of her life, she, didn't, she told us later on, I didn't want to disappoint my mom and dad. My dad led me to the Lord, and I lived, I lived the way he wanted us to live, and she cried to me. I lived the way they wanted me to live, but just, just because you live the way you ought to for your parents, you live for, for God, that didn't mean I was saved. And it became so crystal clear on that Sunday morning. She said, I just, I knew. I knew. She said, and the more I talked to you and pastor, she said, I knew that I was lost. You see, we need to stop for a moment. The Bible said the best Christian in church this morning deserves to be in hell. Because the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. That, that includes you and me, Brother Stork. None righteous, no, not one. So you say, well, well Fannie Mae being a good lady, hey, she still deserved hell. I went and seen Miss Fannie many times after, after she'd gotten saved. I never did go inside a home where it was just one lady, whether she was 18 or 25 or 80. So I'd stand on the porch. I says, you know what my policy is, Miss Fannie, we're going to pray right here, and then i got to go. And I'd pray with her, and she'd just be so overjoyed. I'm saved. I'm saved. Anyway, her, you want to hear the rest of the story? Her sister who lived next door would check on her every day. And her sister came over that day, and she was calling me from her mother's home. And she says, I'm over here checking on mom, she says. She's laying on the back porch with a dog, and she's passed away. Her lifeless body's laying. I know she's gone. That was six months after she got saved. Second Peter 3 and verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Fannie Mae, have you ever heard terminology got in by the skin of her teeth? Well, now I got another end of the story that sometimes I forget about. But we had a retired pastor in our church, Charles and Lucille Price. And... Uh, Charles and Lucille were sitting about right in here. And after the service, when Fannie Mae, well, it wasn't, it was the next week after Fannie Mae got saved. She come walking up to me, and I was standing about right here. And she walked up to me, and she, her voice was quivering. She said, if, if Fannie Mae could do it, I could too. I said, Lucille, you're not saved? Well, I'm saved now. Charles led me to the Lord this week. Another, I mean, a family. And there's where this message came from. Performing in the flesh won't get you to heaven. Some of you, uh, thank God you're in a good church, but being in this church every Sunday, that won't get you one inch closer to heaven. 
But thank God you're going to hear how to get there. And how do you get there? Realize we are rotten to the core. I've only seen a few people going like that. You say, I didn't come to church for you to tell me I'm rotten to the core. We are. I was in a meeting with about 50 preachers at Mackinac Island, and Dr. Don Green spoke. You ever heard of Dr. Don Green? He said, all of you look nice with your ties on, and you're all cleaned up. He said, I got some news for you. Every one of you is rotten to the core. (laughs) It's true. Hey, we deserve the same hell that you do. And we're not going there because we realize how rotten we were. I'm talking from the heart. And I've got loved ones that are at that place right now where they're in church. They're in church and they tell people, oh, I asked Jesus in my heart. Where's that in the Bible? Those that have asked Jesus in their heart with a repentant heart are saved. But those that go through the motions and saying a little prayer like that doesn't mean salvation. But whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those with a genuine repentant heart. And then 2 Corinthians 5.17 comes into view. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Them old things are passed away. One lady was so concerned about her son. She said, I know he's saved. She said, I heard him pray. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. But she says, he still drinks and still smokes and runs around with a rough crowd and he don't go to church. Pray that God will help him get in church. I wanted to say to her, Ma'am, we probably ought to pray, Lord, save him. I didn't say that to her. We stopped and prayed for him. But listen, if you're saved this morning, you'll want to be here tonight. Man, I want to hear that cold preacher. No, he probably cold where he came from. We've had so many invitations to go to Alaska, and I'm sure you know some of the people that we know that are there. But thank God we haven't, haven't went there. <laughs> God didn't send me to go there. He sent you to go there. <laughs> but we've had opportunities to go other places. We've been in the Philippines. We've been in uh, Mexico. In fact, I've got a story I should tell you right now. Where's the, where's the one? It's five minutes to 12. You've got to quit at 12 o'clock. We was in, uh, I preached at National City, a Filipino church in California filled with Filipinos. Anyway, uh, we found out we were eight miles from Tijuana, so I grabbed a bunch of Spanish tracks and took off for for Tijuana. And uh, you see, the Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So that's why we believe in gospel tracks. That's why we carry them. That's why we've been affiliated with the Fellowship Track League all these years. So we went to Tijuana. And uh, we passed out somewhere between, I used to say 100. Marriage is probably closer to 200 tracks. Because it was such a big long line going out of there, we just start passing tracks. And I passed tracks to this one fella. And he just he couldn't speak English, so he just <laughs> that's the way he was acting. I thought, what's the matter with him? And about a minute later he come back with his friend who could speak English. And both of them boys were independent, fundamental Baptist preachers in Mexico. And the one boy said he'd, he'd never been to the United States. He learned English in Mexico. And both of them had their pockets full of Fellowship Track League tracks in Spanish. He said, we come here once a week. He says, 
oh man, something like 10,000 tracts a month they pass out. Boy, put us to shame. Say amen there. Anyway, here, what would be the possibilities of having a tract to two independent Baptist preachers in Tijuana with thousands of people there? Amen. It's good to be in church. Amen. Well, I've got two points to go. You want to hear what the second one is? First one was performance of the flesh. Second one is persistence of the devil. He roams about as a roaring lion and seeking whom he may devour. If he can get you to stay where you're at, lost, but professing to be saved, lost, but professing to be saved, the devil will do all he can to keep you right there. Well, the Lord gave me three things, but that was the second one. And he's roaming around right now. You say, well, I've cast him out of here. Well, you weren't successful because the enemy still shows up. You can ask the preacher right there if he can feel the, the, the enemy fighting. Why? Because there's probably, probably some are awful close to saying, hey, if that preacher's daughter could do it, if that preacher's wife could do it, I can do it. Well, it takes a lot of courage. Are you listening? Because she said, I used to think, what did my folks say? Well, then my folks were both in heaven. And I'm 80 years old. I don't have too much time left. And she says, God's presence was so real. And she began to cry. And I knew that I had to confess it. She, uh, she pointed at the baptistry and says, you, you boys got to baptize me next Sunday. Because you get baptized after you get saved. We baptized, we put a steel chair in the baptistry, and Bill and I would baptize her together. She's a little slow on her feet. But boy, she come out of that water just rejoicing. And likewise, the following Sunday, we baptized Mrs. Price. So if we had the time, we could spend some time this morning talking about the wiles of the devil. One day, He'll be all tied up. And we, wouldn't, we won't know how to act. We'd be free from the temptations of the world. Some of us in this room, we fell prey to the temptations of the world this week. Oh, nobody may know about it but you and God. And it hurts your heart. Oh, yes, you can fall prey to the temptations of the flesh and still be saved. Because we're not saved because of what we do. We're saved because of what he has done. But listen, the enemy will always be there. So that's why you need to walk with God. Be in that secret place and ask God to help you every day. Be in that secret place every morning and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Help me to be a witness for you. You say, Baptist people praying, Lord, fill me with the spirit. God's people were filled with the Spirit long before the Pentecostal church ever came on the scene. They're only about 150 years old. 
But God's people were praying, Lord, fill me with the Spirit. You know why we have no revival in our churches? Because we don't pray that. You say, how, how do you know we don't pray that? Well, let's, should we take a poll this morning? You wouldn't lie in church. How many of you got up this morning and said, Lord, fill me with the Spirit of God? Raise your hand. Why, why are our many churches going downhill, mainline churches going downhill? It's only churches like this that are going uphill. But he's fighting the devil all the way. You ask him. And he'll never, ever give up. But wouldn't it be good if all of God's people get behind this man and say, Lord, fill me with the Spirit. Lord, I'm going to meet some lost people today. I can pass the track. I pray every day, Lord, send someone to my lost relatives. I got, I got relatives I love. I pray for every day. And if they died today, they'd be in hell forever. Never get out. I know this was live stream, so I'm not saying any names. But relatives that are close, I love them dearly. One of them said to me on the phone as I tried to witness to him when his brother died, he said, oh, I still got my faith, he says. Faith in what? Don't go to church. Friend, today, if you're in church and there's a still small voice deep down inside saying, hey, I'm like that Miss Fannie Mae. I'm like that Miss Lucille Price. Last point. It's a sad one. Performance of the flesh, persistence of the devil, the procrastination of the sinner. You know what the devil will probably say to you? You don't have to do anything today. You don't know how many people are in hell right now intended to get saved. I've had many of them tell me that. Have they not got saved when God the Holy Spirit showed up and reminded them they were lost? They said, if I wouldn't have got saved then, I'd be in hell or headed there. The devil says to lost people, go ahead and get saved. We'll do it later. Do it tomorrow, but not right now. Not during this service. Why many people who we would call good people are headed for hell? Are you listening? Why many good people are going to hell and bad people going to heaven? Because they, they've not took that time to examine themselves. Have I really saved? Preacher, we didn't talk about the invitation, but could Mary and I sing a song, an invitation? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to pray, and then I want to encourage you all to pray. Lord Jesus, I pray right now. Lord, we stopped at five minutes after 12. But Lord, this could go on a little bit longer if everyone would pray this prayer. And Lord, I pray you'd help them to do it. Maybe to repeat after me in their heart. Lord, is it me? If I'm genuinely saved, give me a wonderful peace in my heart that I am saved. 
If I am not saved, Lord, just pour on the conviction so heavy that I'll know it's you, Lord. And then, Lord, help me to respond. In Jesus' name. His bowed with eyes closed. We look so often at horizontally, you know, in this life. What am I going to have to retire? Where am I going to... Where am I going to live? What am I going to do? But we ought to be thinking about where we're going to spend eternity and be excited about the things of God. So this song just simply says, where will you be a million years from now? Why, you know, 60, 70, 80 years in this life, 90 maybe, some of us? That, that don't even... Compared to a million years. But hey, we are body, soul, and spirit, and our soul will be somewhere a million years from now. And if you're not 100% sure, preacher's already at the front. You come and tell him. Now, we don't preach this way, heads bowed, eyes closed. We don't preach this way to cause you to doubt your salvation, but to have you to ask God. Give me that peace in my heart that I am saved. And then to those, as we look at that verse again, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. So as Mary and I sing, you examine yourself. Just one life to live on earth and it's swiftly passing by. From the moment of our birth Till the time she's come to die God has given us a choice To decide our destiny In a million years Where will you be? Just a moment, we're going to sing the chorus Want everybody to stand up as we sing the chorus. Everybody stand up. If you're sitting in the middle of the aisle, they'll get out of the road to make it up here. Come tell the preacher. I'm not sure. If you're saved and concerned about loved ones, I invite you to come first and pray. Pray in an old-fashioned altar. Lord, fill me with the Spirit that I may be a bold witness for my loved ones. Where will you be a million years from now? Will you be happy? Will you be singing? While ages roll throughout eternity, I ask this question, where will you be? The story came to my mind as we play quietly. The altar's open. God's dealing with you. Don't wait. So only a few minutes, I'll turn the service over to your pastor, and it'll be over. There was a meeting going on. It was in the south. A friend of mine was preaching the meeting. He said there was a girl that come every night to the meeting. She was so under conviction. But she kept telling the Lord no. And he talked to her that night. This was way back in the 90s. Are you listening? She walked by him that night, and he tried one more time. 
And she said to him, get out of my face. I don't want to hear it. Moments later, she was killed in a pinto. That was back when the pintos was exploding. She was rear-ended and died in that pinto. Well, maybe she had moments to repent. We don't know. Maybe you'll have a second chance. We don't know. But we'll sing that chorus. Where will you be a million years from now? Will you be happy? Will you be singing? While ages roll throughout eternity, I ask this question. Where will you be? Preacher, service is yours. Truly a challenge in his word. And, you know, I can't but help think Paul wrote there in 2 Corinthians, but he also wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 the same thing. Told them that they needed to examine themselves. And, and truly it is uh, what we need to do. We need to know why we're saved and and it's according to the word of god and the sacrifice that christ has made and and you know there are days when you might wake up and not feel saved and uh, our emotions can deceive us and we we have all kinds of things that the devil wants to throw at us but uh he uh his word never changes and so you base your salvation on what god's word says and and live by that. And if God's convicting you and showing you some things in your life, and and uh, don't leave here, don't leave here without settling that today. Most important decision anyone will ever make is the realization that they're a sinner in need of a Savior, and they humble themselves and they come to Christ and and uh, praying with a humble heart and asking Him to forgive them and come to their heart and be their Savior. And and truly, He saves us. And uh, nothing better, nothing better than knowing him as our Savior. And uh, thank you, Brother DeLang. Appreciate that. It's been a great day. Looking forward to tonight. And uh, we'll uh, get the ushers. If you guys would get ready, we'll take up an offering for these guys. Like I always said, we need to give them enough. We can get them down the road so they don't come back. Get them to the next place. But uh, truly a blessing. And, uh, you know, it's I'll be honest with you, too, as a pastor, it's hard to give up the pulpit. And I guess you wouldn't know that unless you're a pastor, but you guys can be seated, and uh, we'll get those guys ready. But uh, I, I I try to, uh, you know, you guys are God's people, and this is God's church, but he's given me to be the shepherd, and I and, uh, love you guys, and uh, always try to be cautious in who preaches, and not that I'm paranoid, but I just feel responsibility and appreciate these guys and their love for the Lord and uh, being willing to come and, and preach his word. And, and I pray it's been an encouragement to you guys as much as it has to me. And uh, Lord bless you for that. So ushers, you come on down. Pat, you're standing right there next to the mic, so you're the chosen one. Would you ask the Lord's blessing on this offering?
Lord, we thank you for this day and thank you for the your holy word is being spoken to to all of us, even here in this church and also online. And may we listen to your word and obey it. And may we all love you like you have loved us and help love other people. May this blessing that you have given us be given to you in glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't forget, parents, those that uh, would like to know more information about dedicating their kids uh, on um, March 22nd, please meet me down here as soon as we're out of here. But uh, truly a blessing to see everybody. Let's stand, and Jeremy, would you dismiss us in a word of prayer, please?